So I would take a slightly lower scoring game that gets close over a massive game where Chris Gale hits 15 sixes. Great, <laughs> that's fine. That's not as exciting to the, the big cricket fans. So... You're listening to Guest of Honor, and I'm your host, Misha Sharad. Guest of Honor is a weekly podcast featuring people from various walks of life living all over the world. Tune in as I catch up with baristas, surgeons, writers, nurses, and people from many more professions. My guests and I talk about the cities they live in, the work they do, their defining relationships, and finally the impact they're having in the most interesting fields, leaving you a little less bored and a little more informed. This is a podcast you never knew you needed. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 11 of Guest of Honor. This is your host, Namisha Sharat, welcoming you to the very first themed episode based on cricket slash IPL. We're going into the finals of IPL next week. It's been an amazing season. It's going to be a nail biter trying to predict who's going to be um, the winner this, uh, this season. And I thought it's time to reminisce the past decade of IPL before we go into the ending of this season. For all of you who are cricket fans and would love to recall some iconic moments in the past 12 years, and for those of you who are not really cricket fans, you know, kind of like me who watch cricket but you don't really follow it so much, it's, it's just a great resource to listen to because you get to know what's been happening in the past 12 years in a nutshell. To talk about all this, today I have with me Mr. Ashwin Garg. Ashwin is one of the three hosts of this podcast called as Edges and Sledges. Edges and Sledges is, you guys, the world's most listened to podcast on cricket. Um, if you haven't checked it out, if you don't know about it, you, you really should because in just this hour of conversation with him, I learned so much. And um, I've been listening to a couple of their episodes and it's just three friends, you know, catching up, talking about what they love, which is cricket. Um, they really go in depth, analyze every part of the of every game that they watch. And it's, it's really fun to listen to them. So if you haven't already, you should give it a listen. And uh, yeah, so coming back, Ashwin is, is a marketing professional who on the side hosts this podcast. Today we talk about um, the past decade of IPL, some iconic moments. Uh, we talk about run rate, pacers, batsmen, bowlers, how captains are changing their strategies, how uh, COVID has affected IPL or has it really. Uh, we talk about the um, you know combination of Bollywood, of business, of cricket, and uh, we make sure that anyone who's listening to this um, either completely you know reminisces the past 10 years of uh, 10 12 years of IPL or at least goes you know goes back um, knowing a lot more about cricket than they than they originally did so uh, definitely tune into this episode enjoy uh, and let's hope uh, RCB wins in the finals <laughs> so uh, yeah um, have fun yeah, Ashwin, thank you so much for being here today. Uh, when I when I first wrote to you, uh, folks, on... Uh, yeah, I did not know that um, Adjacent Sledges was the world's number one podcast on cricket. And I was like, holy shit, I need to... <laughs> I need to be very prepared for this. And I'm not a very big cricket fan. A little, little intimidated, uh, cards on, on the table. First off, thank you for having me on your show. Really excited to be here. I will say... It kind of took us all by surprise when we realized that Edges and Sledges is trending as, you know, one of the top podcasts in the world. It, If you listen to the show, you'll realize there's absolutely no reason to be intimidated because it's basically the three of us chatting like we are 10 years younger than we are, like we're in a college <laughs> dorm room 
room talking about cricket, having fun. Our number one, or our, probably our top ten reviews all say the reason people listen is because it sounds like they're, ch- they're chatting with their friends. So our entire philosophy on the podcast is just enjoy yourself, have fun, lighthearted banter. So we're glad to, uh, we're glad to be able to partner with you. Awesome. This episode will be the very first one in our series, which is going to be on IPL slash cricket. And um, as the history nerd I am, uh, I wanted to start off by talking to you and mostly listening, but yeah, talking to you about the whole origin story behind um, IPL and uh, just reflecting on the past decade and how it's been. Well, I was yeah, I was in eighth grade when IPL started, so my view of it was very is is going to be very different, I guess. But before that, I'd like to hear your your view on that. Yeah, you're a little bit younger than me. I was in my first year of college, so I guess that's what a five-year age difference, six years. Um, I so first off, we at Edges and Sledges, or me in particular, are not experts on the game of cricket. Right? Never played professionally. Just huge, huge, huge fans of the game, and that's kind of how our podcast was born. So for anybody who thinks this is an expert perspective, <laughs> uh, I hope you're not disappointed. What I can share is perspective from fans. Right? So mm-hmm. a couple of couple of thoughts. So 2008 is when the IPL had its first season. There's a lot of history if you think about it, right? Cricket is, so fun fact, if you think about the top few most watched sports in the world, soccer is obviously number one. Mm-hmm. Cricket is a is, is in second place, right? Just because of, yeah, it's not played in as many countries, but the countries where it is played and watched are much higher population, etc. And yet, if you think about what the model is in sports, which is mostly across the globe now, franchise-based sports, right? So in the U.S., where both you and I live, it's the the NBA, Major League Baseball, the National Hockey League, the NFL, of course, all the huge sports with teams based in cities where the players come from all over, right? In many cases, all over, in all cases, all over the country. In cases like the NBA or baseball, players come from all over the world, right? Some of the best basketball players are from Europe, some of the best baseball players are from Central America, etc. So, But this model has existed for over 100 years mm-hmm. in the US. Mm-hmm. It's been in Europe for a fairly long time too and somehow you know, it had never quite come to the world of cricket. Right. So when I was growing up, city-based or state-based cricket in India was all just kind of the domestic system where kids grew up through their their cities then went to try to play for their state and then the best from their state which is the Ranji Trophy and then the best in their state got to play for the country and playing for the country was the ultimate what started to happen kind of two things happened at once the first off by the way you live in the US like me when I tell somebody I like cricket Mm-hmm. The first thing everybody responds to me with is, oh, that's the game that lasts like five days, right? Or that's the one that they play for a whole week. And I always have to pause and say, yes, there's a version of cricket which people play for five days, which is amazing. <laughs> and I love it. There's also a version which you play for one day, eight hours. But there's also this new version right. called 2020 cricket, yeah. which is a three hour, three and a half hour game, which is just like any other sport. Right. And so... In the mid-2000s, both those things started happening at once. T20 cricket started becoming popular. And this kind of movement about city-based, franchise-based leagues started to to grow together. Mm -hmm. And essentially, I feel like I'm talking a lot, but essentially in 2007, probably the the game-changing moment was in 2007 Mm -hmm. at the first ever 2020 World Cup. The final was India versus Pakistan and India won. Right. And I can safely say, had that not been the outcome, the game of T20 cricket would have been different. But when mm-hmm. India won that final, mm-hmm. it just, we realized that format is going to explode in India. And right. that was 
September 2007, March of 2008, we had the first ever IPL. And mm-hmm. I mean, 12 years later, it's one of the biggest properties in sport. Absolutely. So when you interact with a fan who is relatively younger, younger than probably in their teenagers now, um, versus people who are slightly older, uh, do you see a drastic change in what they expect if they, they expect different things from the game now? Yeah, I, I think it's very interesting, actually. I don't quite see the correlation asking uh, between age and desire of the shorter form. Mm-hmm. But for sure, the shorter format was born because you wanted they wanted to appeal to younger populations, they wanted to appeal to broader populations, people who don't have eight hours or definitely not five days, etc. Right. What I what I think is true is there's a very clear divide between kind of more casual fans of the game mm-hmm. and more like really invested hardcore fans of the game. Mm-hmm. And that's where now it doesn't quite apply for age. For example, like you know, you pick people like in even in my parents' generation, for example, right? There are a lot of people I know who didn't ever have the patience or don't didn't recently have the patience for five day cricket, mm-hmm. but they'll put on the IPL because it runs at seven p.m. in India. It's perfect. It's three hours. You watch it before you go to bed. It's perfect timing. So I don't quite think there's a correlation between age and the younger generation wants the shorter format because mm-hmm. there are a lot of younger fans of the game who are diehard test cricket fans too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a lot more about, hey, how much time do you want to put in? Do you want to commit to one full day or five full days even? Mm-hmm. Uh, or do you just want to watch it a little bit more casually? Mm-hmm. Just again, to be clear, the implication isn't that anybody who watches 2020 is a casual cricket fan, but it's more accessible mm-hmm. because of that reason. And mm-hmm. so I don't, there's probably some correlation between age. I haven't quite seen it yet. Okay. Well, that's that's good, I guess. That means that uh, the older forms of cricket haven't really... I mean, they will live for quite some time. They're not going to uh, die out, which is good, I guess, for hardcore cricket fans. Yeah, I mean, I will say it's 2020. And I think the last three, pre-COVID, I guess, the last three years or so, probably 2017 to to early 2020, have seen some of the best test test cricket Mm -hmm. we've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Like, there's just been some amazing matches, amazing series. And so I would say, I would almost wager test cricket is, if not rising at least flat in its popularity mm-hmm. which is pretty huge mm-hmm. well coming back to um the ipl uh, apart from bizarre looking multicolored team jerseys a lot has changed i guess in the ipl over the years 10 years ago 12 years ago i guess when it began um that it was a mix of bollywood and business and uh just very new for everybody and even the fact that we had cheerleaders was um, something people looked forward to it I think that what people look forward to in a game has changed over the years um, that's a great question and I think so it 100% was very different it looked very different to the way it looks today a lot of it exactly as you said was a learning curve right we brought this model in and you know the brains behind it all at the IPL was Lalit Modi who's had his share of controversies over the years but brought this model in saying, I want to create the next English Premier League or NBA in India. And the idea, phenomenal, but there's so many little things about it that people didn't know, that were new, that we were figuring out, etc. So to answer your question, I think the quality of cricket was has always been the constant, where mm-hmm. you got the best names, the best players. Mm-hmm. And over the years, the quality of cricket has stayed very good. It's probably gotten better all the other things around it, right? The teams have, some teams have come and gone, the mm-hmm. amount of importance given to the owners, the amount of importance to Bollywood, the all of those things have changed over the years. But ultimately, this league was going to live or die on whether the sport 
was at a high level and mm-hmm. it has been and i think that's been the success of the ipl right for you as a fan uh what has changed in the sense that you were are you still rooting for the same team that you were rooting for 12 years ago yeah i am and it's and it's amazing when you talk to people about this because like I, I like a lot of sports i watch all a lot of different leagues all of which i've had to kind of choose a team sort of either arbitrarily or with a had some link to so for example in uh, soccer i support manchester united because in the 90s growing up in india it's one of the only teams that matches you could watch so mm-hmm. i started supporting them mm-hmm. no link between me and the city of manchester directly mm-hmm. in basket in basketball i support the toronto raptors which mm-hmm. i now i moved to toronto when i was 21 I lived there for nearly a decade. Mm-hmm. There's at least a more of a link there, but it's not something I grew up my whole life with. Mm-hmm. For me, I've been supporting the Delhi the Delhi IPL team which used to be called the Delhi Daredevils, now called the Delhi Capitals right. since 2008, since the first season since before the teams were made mm-hmm. because when they announced they're going to be eight teams, like my family's from Delhi, mm-hmm. I, it's the only city in India I ever lived. It's the only city I had a link to. Mm-hmm. So without knowing anything about anything you're like hey this is going to be my team yeah. and now there were a couple of good years but then there was five or six really 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 bad years when delhi just never came anywhere near the top 4 yeah. and this is out of eight teams so yeah. top 4 out of eight shouldn't be that hard but delhi hasn't done well in the past yeah. you know we stuck to it because this is now my team like i i yeah. was supporting it from before the first time they ever played i'm going to support them probably for the rest of my life yeah. and so that's a really cool experience as a as an IPL fan is just no other sports league in the world can say i was you was support like again english soccer uh, american football major league baseball all these leagues have been around since pretty much anybody was alive yeah. for the IPL we get to be that generation that said we were supporting teams Absolutely. i remember the first ball of the IPL being bought i remember the first auction all of these things so when i get old i'll be that guy telling those stories to two generations <laughs> uh, later so to, to answer your question I'm still supporting the same team. I think a lot of a lot of other things have changed about the league, about the sport, etc. I, I you know, without boring you with too much detail, the one I'll pick is the quality of Indian talent. Mm-hmm. So one of the things they stuck to from the beginning was every team that has 11 players can only have a maximum of four from outside India, four mm-hmm. overseas players, mm-hmm. which means hey, you have eight teams, 88 players in total, but 56 of them need to be Indian. Right. So if you start doing the math, right? Like 11 play for the country, probably 20 to 25 are really in the reckoning to play for India. Right. You know, maybe 30 at any given time. You now need 56 to play the IPL. Right. So suddenly the pool of young and very very talented high qualified Indian talent started to grow. Right. So in the first season I arguably a lot of the hype and the focus was around the overseas players who were the big overseas names. Yeah. Now the focus is you know overseas players are still very important but there's a huge huge, huge focus on indian talent which i love to see as an indian fan wow that's that's really interesting uh, i hadn't thought about that aspect at all i guess a lot of careers have been created because of ipl cricket careers and a lot of people are getting noticed because of it and also i feel like um it's just occurring to me that ipl sort of paved the way for other um leagues to get started at least on indian television like pro kabaddi league and indian super league and even internationally i suppose so it's yeah it's it's been a big media beast i suppose with uh, millions of followers on on uh, facebook and i think the kolkata night riders have 25 million facebook followers also on their pages that's it's insane amount of um 
yeah following yeah I, i mean you're absolutely right and i think just to address the first point you made it's created so much opportunity for the young generation almost to the point where you know sometimes young players get seen and picked up and it's an auction process right a player doesn't dictate how much they make the teams bid on them and there have been some young players who go for these crazy amounts of money right. you know and it's very exciting for them this is more money than somebody so when you play for india you do well you make good money from the board and you make endorsement money you get good deals etc mm-hmm. when you're on the fringes of playing for the country historically players have not done so well mm-hmm. in many cases couldn't even fully provide for their families right. the ipl has enabled young cricketers to make great living things out of the sport provide for their families and do very well to a point where you know often they earn more money than they'll need in their lifetime absolutely well one of the things that i observed over the past 12 years is that a lot of things about the people watching ipl has changed but the ipl has remained evergreen and by that i mean um a lot of people don't watch tv anymore you know they've moved to subscription based services like um netflix youtube hotstar and so on or the amount of data that people consume in a day has been very different but the fact that there are different businesses that have built around this entire brand which is ipl um just in order to either keep up with it increasing in popularity every year or the fact that it is so uh, rooted in all of us we we plan our whole year around it brands um plan their various events around it is it's it's pretty cool um i don't know but i don't know if it is losing momentum going ahead because this year was sort of a bummer right because i mean you couldn't attend i'm sure they suffered huge losses because of that i'm a, i'm a little conflicted in 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 feeling that is it going to be better next year or is it something is it going to die out because of the covid blow yeah very interesting and actually so i don't have all the final data they haven't released a lot of the numbers and stuff yet about losses from ticket revenue in stadiums etc what i do know is the first few games of the ipl 2020 were some of the most watched matches in mm-hmm. the history of the tournament and if you think about what covid did is from call it the early march through to the middle of september september there was really there was no indian cricket mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. it late in the summer england started playing a little bit every indian fan i know was watching england versus pakistan and then england versus west indies these are series like i'll follow and watch in the background but i will never proactively watch we were all watching it because we were so starved for sport yeah. so when the ipl came back there was there's nothing else really happening bollywood yeah. movies aren't really releasing in the same speed that they normally do at the same volume they normally do yeah. there's no other major sport india as a country hasn't played cricket since feb yeah so what covid ended up doing is almost i would almost argue it magnified mm. how valuable the ipl as a property was mm-hmm. for for people i don't think they make that much of their money off of ticket sales ticket i think sales. more of it is broadcast and tv etc and so i actually think it's going to be the opposite of what you said where the fact that we had covid and the fact that they created this bubble to host the ipl is going to make it increase in value so much more i'm telling you many many people by the way who are, i've been trying to convince for the last decade hey you should watch the ipl you're going to love it many of them refused in the past they're watching it now because mm-hmm. people just have less to do right. there's less alternatives right. and when you get one match every day monday to friday two matches saturday two matches sunday it's great entertainment for people so i think it's going to do really well hmm yeah that's that's probably true <laughs> maybe uh, as you said ticket sales is probably a very small fraction of 
they probably don't even make the consider ticket sales as something that they uh, make money off of it's, it's the whole brand in itself i suppose so Let's yeah, and there is, there is for sure, sorry, it is definitely a revenue stream, right? Again, I don't have the exact numbers. It is definitely one of the revenue streams. I think mm-hmm. there's other unintended consequences of not having fans. For example, it took the players a couple of games to adjust to that. Yes. If you think about the best of the best, right? They're, different players are different, but like somebody like a Virat Kohli, right? Captain of Team India, captain of Royal Challengers, Royal Challengers Bangalore. He relies on crowd noise and yeah. energy and he wants yeah. people yelling and screaming yeah. so it took him a couple of games to get to the same level of performance yeah. in an empty stadium yeah. so there's those types of impacts i'm sure ticket sales have been a hurt don't get me wrong right. but i think it's more than offset by the by the broadcast revenues i would bet right i mean uh, they I, i'm surprised that they did not do something like how the uh, nba folks had um, teams uh, seats seatings uh, for various positions in the in the stadium, um, I'm surprised that uh, IPL did not have such a similar uh, seating process going on there. I mean, that would have probably been auctioned off much, not much higher, but somewhere, at least a tenth of what a player would be auctioned off for. Yeah, and they did some. They've done tried to do some stuff where they're like digitally letting a few fans at a time watch in the stadium, but it hasn't been as organized as the NBA example you quoted, and so I think that's. You know, I hope we don't have more years of tournaments with no fans in the right. stadium. But if we do, I think they'll learn from this experience. Right. So, if we think about um, stats, right, uh, things like uh, in the past decade, has has uh, run rate changed, the average run rate? Um, if you look at it, in, in the first couple of overs, it's always lower than the last couple of overs, obviously. But... Um, there's been talk about the fact that the run rate has constantly been increasing with with every IPL. And do you see that there's going to be a stagnation uh, going ahead or is it going to just keep increasing? Yeah, I think the argument that always happens in the world of cricket is, and maybe in many sports, but in the world of cricket in particular, is the balance between batting and bowling. Mm-hmm. Okay, So the average kind of narrative is when batsmen hit bigger sixes and more sixes, the crowds love it more. They enjoy it more. You know, instead of making 100 runs, you made 150, you made 200, you made 250. It's more fun for the crowds. And so inevitably, the rules of the game have been evolving mm-hmm. to account for that, to make it a little more batsman friendly. Little things like the boundaries have become smaller over time. The Some of the rules about the ball and how often they switch the ball in ODI cricket have changed over over time, the batsmen initially now basically have no limit to how big the bat can be or how thick the edges can be, etc. So there's a lot of things that have become more batsman friendly. Mm-hmm. So to answer your question, it's becoming higher and higher. It has historically been on the trend of becoming more and more run scoring. Mm-hmm. I think that you know that has happened not just because not just it wasn't coincidence. It was very it was very planned and it was very set up to enable batsmen to do better. Mm-hmm. What I love about the last couple of years in particular is that bowlers are not taking it lying down. Mm-hmm. Bowlers are fighting back hard. You see the IPL T20 cricket has created some... I mean, think about it, right? Bowlers normally had 50 overs to get a total team out. Now they only have 20, which means batsmen have much less to lose. They can take more risks, etc. The bowlers have fought back. I mean, I would say 
to me so far, IPL 2020 has been much more about the bowlers and the batsmen. And I love, as a cricket fan and a purist, I, I love that, right? Mm-hmm. So I would take a slightly lower scoring game that gets close over a massive game where Chris Gale hits 15 sixes. Great, <laughs> that's fine. That's not as exciting to the, the big cricket fans. So, so I do think that's where um, you'll start to see players adapt. Bowlers will get better. Spinners will get you know, craftier with their deliveries. And that's what will keep the balance alive. And honestly, that's what makes cricket the amazing sport that it is. What about um, the toss, right? People uh, off late have been picking, captains off late have been picking to go bowling as opposed to batting first. Does it make a difference if they bat second? Yeah, it's a very interesting question. We've actually talked about extensively, I want to say about two years ago, and I just inselected is when, you know, depending on the ground, depending on the pitch, depending on the conditions, etc., we went through a phase in the IPL where almost every captain that won the toss would win the match. Mm -hmm. So they would win the toss, choose to bat second, bowl first, and then they would win the match. And that became kind of annoying, right? It became just, hey, you... We all want to watch a good con- competition, a good match, and flipping a coin is leading to the result of the match, right? So when we when we started to see that, it was frustrating, I'd say, for a lot of cricket fans. The good news is now, I, I would still say I fundamentally think for the most part, a team that bats second has an advantage. Mm-hmm. I put out the argument before that you shouldn't even have a toss mm-hmm. and that when you're playing at home, mm-hmm. you should bat second mm-hmm. because every team plays every other team at home and away, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're at home, you'll bat second. If you're away, you'll bat first, period. No no argument there. It's always 50-50, et cetera. That changes because even if you look at the 2020 IPL, for example, in the UAE, batting second has not been an advantage. More teams this year mm-hmm. have actually won if they batted first. Mm-hmm. And so it's not... As it's not a be-all and end-all that if you bat second, you win. The odds over time do dictate that the team batting second wins more. But I like, like I said, I like when there are seasons like this one that break the mold. And so far, you know, teams batting first have won, which has just changed it up for captains and made it a little bit more complicated. Mm-hmm. Has the past couple of years made it more difficult to be an IPL captain, in your opinion? Yeah, great question. Actually... I would say, for, to answer your question straight up, being an IPL captain has become more and more difficult. Mm. I don't know if it's quite as much. I don't think it's because there's now a blueprint and I have to think through um, how to be different, etc. I think there's two, there's two drivers. One, every captain is becoming smarter and savvier, etc. Right? So mm-hmm. every captain now has armies of data analytics people. Mm-hmm in the dressing room mm-hmm. behind them with the coach. You know, you now have multiple coaches. You have a head coach, but then you have batting coaches, bowling coaches, fielding coaches, etc. Yeah. all of who are looking at data analytics. And I mean, if my team is playing against your team, I'm going to know everything about every one of your players, how they stand, which mm-hmm. field positions I should set for them, which bowlers to use against them, at what time, etc. And so as every other captain gets better, it's become more and more difficult for me as a captain now to keep up and keep making decisions that keep people on their toes, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just to give you examples, the batting order and where people come into bat. This season has been absurd. Some teams have sent lower order batsmen up to open and they've sent their openers way later in the match, etc. And so those are tough decisions a captain takes, but that means even for the other captain, it becomes very difficult because your whole bowling strategy relied on a guy who's open for the last 11 years. I'm picking 
the Hyderabad team played yesterday. David Warner has opened for them mm-hmm. for the better part of the last decade and has opened for some IPL team for a decade probably. And he walked. He didn't open yesterday. Yeah. He walked in like after three wickets fell. And so that just changes the game for the other captain. So I think that's kind of one reason captaincy has become a lot tougher in the IPL. Mm-hmm. The second is the there's more and more and more pressure from the owners of the franchises mm-hmm. to get results. Right. And that's probably true in many sports. But, I mean, in the last couple of years, if I think about it, um, Gautam Gambhir, who's, you know, an iconic cricketer, used to captain the Kolkata Knight Riders, did really well with them, actually won a trophy with them. He moved to Delhi. He's near the end of his career, mm-hmm. moved to play for Delhi, um, had a poor run in his first few matches and had to give up the captaincy. He stepped aside mid-season. Right. Gave captaincy to Shreya Sayer, who's a young 24-year-old at the time. Um, this season again, Dinesh Karthik, who captains the KKR team, uh, you know, was having a poor run. KKR didn't get off to a great start. He was playing badly. Middle of the season, he stepped aside, gave captaincy to Owen Morgan, who's the England captain, right? So there, more and more, I think we're going to start seeing that more and more where captains are feeling the pressure and can't keep up. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be interesting to see how they react. Um, so... Obviously, you have seen probably every every match in the past 12 years of IPL. Um, has there been any significant moment that um, you consider your favorite in the past 12 years? I know maybe one would be difficult, so maybe a couple of them. Yeah, I mean, it's that's a really difficult question. But there are a few that kind of stand out, right? The first, this is going to sound like a cliche answer. I've said this on our own show before, but probably the most high-impact moment for me in the last 12, 13 years of the IPL is the first ever match mm-hmm. because the Kolkata Knight Riders were playing and Brendan McCullum, so first was is the was the New Zealand captain or he was a New Zealand player at the time, eventually mm-hmm. captained them as well. Mm-hmm. And he was playing for Shah Rukh Khan's team, right. the Kolkata Knight Riders. So we were all just like, okay, Bollywood, a Bollywood guy owns a team. There's a guy from New Zealand playing in it. There's a guy from Australia playing in it, etc. And in the first match ever of the IPL in 2008, he walks out and makes a, a blistering century. Right. He made 138, I think it was. And I think for many of us, that set the tone because it. I don't. We hadn't seen too many 2020 centuries before. It's not. It's not that common still for a batsman to make 100 runs in just a 20-over match. But in the first ever IPL game, he came out and did that. There were fireworks. There was celebration. It was it was just huge and exciting. Right. And so for me, that just that's probably my most iconic moment because it set the tone right. and it just created this belief that this, this is going to be a magnificent tournament. And I think it's been the way in that way. Mm-hmm. If I was to pick kind of one more, I just not a specific match or moment, but. Probably my favorite, even though my team is Delhi, we haven't had many good results. My favorite season is, there was one season in 2016 where Virat Kohli made 943 runs. Mm-hmm. On average, if you make 400 plus runs, it's considered a good season. Okay. If you make 500, 600 runs, it's a great season. Yeah. He alone made 943 runs. Now, his team didn't do great, but it just established to me that this guy is so, I mean, we knew it at the time. It just reaffirmed how committed he was to being not just the number one batsman in the world, but to wanting to be probably the best batsman in the history of the of the game. Right. And I'm, you know, there are obviously many legends. The biggest one being Sachin, but Kohli kind of stamped his legacy, saying he wants to be the best batsman to have ever played the game. And right. so that's kind of one of the, my most memorable seasons as well. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like um, he will take RCB to victory this year? 
I hope not. I'm a Delhi fan, so I hope he takes them to the final, and then RCB comes second. I'm a very, very goal. hopeful I, RCB fan. <laughs> I've been very oh, faithful every year. <laughs> just yeah, yeah, just crossing our fingers this year. <laughs> it has been tough. In fairness, RCB's at least made the finals before. Delhi's never even made the finals. That's true. But, um, yeah, I do. My, the one thing I've said very clearly is this year I want there to be a new winner. Mm-hmm. So there's only three out of the eight teams right now that have never won. Punjab, RCB, and Delhi. Punjab's mm. not looking great right now. Mm. I am cheering for both RCB and Delhi. Yeah. I must say, RCB is captained by a boy from Delhi. Virat Kohli is a Delhi guy. That's right. That's so right. So, uh, you know, all, all of us from Delhi will will feel second ha- the second <laughs> most amount of happiness if RCB wins. Yeah, we'll share if we win. <laughs> Perfect. We'll enjoy it together. <laughs> um. Thank you so much. No, of course. I really appreciate it. Was good it. to chat. Good. good luck with your show. Thank you. Congratulations on starting it. I'm sure it's very <laughs> Thank exciting. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. That's a wrap on episode 11 of Guest of Honor. Thank you so much for being here. You know what? I might as well give it away because the next episode is going to be with a former IPL cheerleader. She cheered for uh, Pune and Kings Eleven Punjab in the past. So tune in next week as we talk to her and talk about, uh, you know, everything about her life and uh, how it's been uh, traveling all the way from Russia to India to participate in uh, IPL and also being a Bollywood extra and dancing with Shah Rukh Khan on stage. So a lot of stuff coming up in the next couple of episodes. Uh, tune in. Um, if you like our content, definitely visit our Instagram page. It's called Kestavana Pod. Send us an email. It's kestavanapod at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, share this with your friends and family. And um, we'll uh, see you in the finals. Bye-bye then. This is your host, Nimisha Sharad, signing off. <laughs>